Welcome to the Innovation Junkies Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Innovation Junkies Podcast. I'm Jeff Standridge. Hey, this is Jeff Ameron. I'm glad to be back. Yes, sir. Good stuff. What do we got this week? Well, we've been talking about strategy. Uh, we've spent the last four weeks talking about strategy, everything from, from crafting a good quality strategic plan, a strategic growth plan. We talked about kind of the bad rap that strategy sometimes gets because it's done badly. Uh, we've talked about uh, uh, assessing the external environment, whether that's at the market level, the competitive level, or the individual uh, employer associate level. Uh, we've talked about strategic communications. Now what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this particular kind of five-week uh, series uh, by talking about the role of leadership in executing strategy, not only in building strategy, but also in executing strategy. No, that sounds great. And and we've both been at this a while as leaders and and learning from good leaders and also seeing examples where maybe the leadership was off the mark. So So take us through some of the critical aspects of leadership and executing strategy. What do you think? Well, so first and foremost, you know, I think we have to have leaders um, who, if if they're not visionary themselves, and, and, and it's, we, we've seen it, we've seen CEOs uh, who are just not very visionary and not very compelling in the communication of a vision. And, and, and so if a leader is has the self awareness to understand that, and I and I hope that any executive leader invests a lot of time and money into building uh, 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 self awareness, self and situational awareness. But but really having a leader who can who can who can build vision and who can cast vision and can communicate that vision, and if they can't do it themselves, surround themselves with a team of people who can help shore up those those gaps, so to speak. Yeah, it all starts with the leader. It's they've got to have the ability to tie together what the strategy is and why it's important and then have the people that work with them that are good on on carrying it out because the leader can't do it by themselves. I mean, their job is to cast the vision and remove the obstacles and then have the team that can actually execute on on that vision. Yeah, once that once that strategic plan is is developed in terms of mission, vision, uh values, uh uh, brand promise, et cetera, that, that leader, those leaders in the organization, the, the, I would say the executive team and the senior leaders in the organization, if they don't commit it to heart, in other words, if they're not able to refer to elements of that strategic plan in terms of who are we, where are we going, and how we're going to get there, if they're not able to do that consistently and effectively on demand, anytime they're, they're asked a question by their associate population, then they're really not fulfilling their roles as leaders of the organization. Um, they can't pull it out of the say, oh, wait a minute, pull it out of the pocket and remind themselves. They really need to be able to commit to, to memory uh, who they are, where they're going, and how they're going to get where they say they're going as an organization, because that then instills trust in the employee population that they really do know uh, where the organization's going and how they're going to take it there. Yeah, and, and what they say and their actions have got to be consistent with that as well. I mean, there's, there, there. It, when when the the team sees actions that don't appear to be consistent with the strategy, it brings it all into question. So, so it's a matter of living living what they say and then setting the example as to why they're totally bought into the strategy themselves. That's exactly right. You know, um, uh, 
the the individual employee of an organization generally has an uncanny ability to sniff out inconsistencies in leadership messaging. And so the, 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 the senior leaders of the organization have an absolute responsibility to not only commit to memory, as I said, but to create a, a, an unfailing degree of accountability to one another for walking the walk and talking the talk when it comes to that strategy. Let's give some examples, Jeff. What are some examples where we've seen the leader do a particularly good job living the culture and fulfilling the strategy that, that might be relevant you know, to, to the audience? I can tell you about a couple of examples of maybe that weren't necessarily, stel- necessarily stellar. I can give some positive examples as well, but sometimes they're not as enlightening as those others. So um, talk about living the culture and walking the walk, you know, um, I can point to a, a corner office executive who every time he evaluated himself against the set of kind of core competencies for the organization, he gave himself maximum scores in every single one, um, you know, and, and just didn't have the strength of leadership to be vulnerable and to allow people to see that he wasn't good at everything. Everyone knew it already. Yep. He was yep. good at some some very specific things, but he was not so good at some very specific things as well. And rather than be vulnerable and, and authentic uh, in communicating that by the way he evaluated himself uh, during the annual review process, it was really just kind of telling. And, and you could see that play out in in his leadership of other people in the organization as well. Yeah, and I'll give I'll give actually a specific example that we we witnessed, which in in a good way, and and that would be the example of Aptigy, which was an educational technology yep. marketing technology company, had a very strong leader there that went through three iterations at least of trying to make sure that their strategy was aligned with their culture, and mm-hmm. it, w- it was very clear about who they hired and who they fired, and and how they felt about the culture. And, and what that resulted in was they became a market leader within that educational technology uh, arena uh, better than any other company that was out there and have had a you know really nice recapitalization or on even a better growth trajectory. But it was very clear that the senior leadership, the CEO and the COO were aligned and had lived that culture and that strategy all the way along. The market rewarded them. The venture capital and private equity people rewarded them. And most importantly, because we're in a war for talent, the talent rewarded them because it was a place that everyone wanted to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, it gets a lot of um, negative, negative, um, I wouldn't call it media, but social media a lot of times is is the whole Chick-fil-A dynasty under Truett Cathy, you know. Um, he was un- unwavering in his belief, in his faith, and in his belief and how that played out within his his organization. And, you know, um, for a number of years, Chick-fil-A was nothing more than a kiosk in a shopping mall uh, that sold sandwiches. And that was it. Uh, but over the years, the dynasty that's been built uh, and the and the the sheer um, degree, the, the degree of customer service. That comes out of, you know, if you ever go over to just down the street here when at, at 12 noon, there are 20 cars in line, yep. but I don't know that I've ever spent more than 10 minutes in the drive-through line from stern to straddle. From the time I, I actually 
pull into the line till I'm actually giving my order till I'm actually driving away with my with my order. Uh, it's very, pretty strong. Very strong culture. And anyone that's ever worked there in any kind of customer facing role, you know, they've worked there because there's certain aspects of the way they are that were informed by working there. I mean, the, right. the courtesy and customer first and, you know, how, how they uh, how they talk to people. I think it, it's a good sign of a strong culture implemented by a great leadership team with a good strategy. You know, I had another leader uh, at one time who who knew this leader was very visionary, particularly from a technical perspective. Um, And he could he could envision things um, years in advance of them actually coming to the market. Um, But he, he knew that he probably wasn't the best to single handedly cast that vision and communicate that vision across the organization. And so he used some very, very strong communicators around him to help him do that. Uh, and, and some of them were, were writers who could help write the, the communications, but other ones, others of those were, were orators, if you will, or, or leaders who were good, uh, at, at casting clear, compelling vision, uh, verbally. And he would leverage those as well. He would still do his part. Uh, but he knew enough and he, he was self-aware enough to know that he needed to augment his own capabilities with the capabilities of a few other people as well to, to adequately communicate that vision and to, to, to hold each other accountable to the fulfillment of that vision. You know, and there, there's lots of different ways that you can assess both your strengths and the strengths of the organization. There's things like the color code assessment and there's Myers-Briggs and there are all, all those sorts of things. But a good starting point can also be the Growth DX. Talk a little bit about how our tool and the Growth DX can be helpful in this part in particular. That's, that's a good point. So, so our Growth DX is a, a collection of best practices across seven different diagnostic domains. Uh, and, it, it, and it's meant to be completed by the top leaders within an organization. The, the more, the better. Now, we don't want to run it throughout the entire organization, but let's say the top five to seven to 10 executives within an organization. Uh, any of those numbers are going to produce uh, very high quality results. Um, but it really revolves around organizational uh, effectiveness. Well, actually, the, the, the first one is around revenue velocity. So that is the, um, the quality of your sales, marketing, and messaging efforts. Uh, then there's organizational effectiveness, the quality of your planning processes, uh, much of what we've talked about in the last four episodes prior to today. Uh, operational effectiveness, how good are you at getting your products and services out the door, making defi- uh, high quality decisions in a timely manner. Uh, leadership effectiveness, how well you uh, uh, embody the culture of the organization, your leadership practices, uh, innovation readiness, uh, the the degree to which you have thoughtful, uh, well-planned innovation processes within the organization to drive improvements in the way you do work, Uh, digital readiness, uh, the degree to which you're taking advantage of digital technologies and how they advance the actual execution of your business. And then finally, the seventh domain is the financial disciplines. To what degree are you actually measuring and managing the critical financial measures of your organization or fin- uh, financial variables of your organization? That's the Growth DX. Uh, and so we really uh, uh, look forward to, to having folks from the podcast reach out to us to ask, ask, ask us to, to give them the opportunity to take that Growth DX. Uh, we'd be glad to, to provide that to you and then schedule a follow-up debrief of that to help you understand. Uh, the other thing that it does is it not only – 
provides a heat map for where you are particularly strong uh, and maybe particularly weak against these best practices, but also provides some quantification of the potential financial opportunities that are locked up in your business by addressing one or more of those diagnostic domains. The Growth DX. Powerful tool. Yeah, if you want to learn more about the Growth DX, you can go to uh, www.innovationjunkie.com backslash growth DX. And that's uh, David X-Ray, Growth DX, as in growth diagnostic. Innovationjunkie.com backslash growth DX. Good stuff. All right. Yeah, so we have, we've actually wrapped up this, uh, this discussion on strategy. The next series of episodes, four or five episodes, we haven't quite gotten it completely architected out, but we know what the, the overarching theme is going to be, and it's about profit growth. So if you want to understand, you want to learn more about how to drive tremendous profit growth within your organization, then you're going to want to tune in to the next several episodes of the Innovation Junkies podcast. Thank you for joining today. We look forward to seeing you next time. See you next time. Feedback from listeners like you helps us create outstanding content. So if you like this episode, be sure to rate us or leave a review. Also, don't forget to subscribe to get the latest growth and innovation strategies. Thanks for tuning in to the Innovation Junkies podcast.